0: Welcome to the Race and Redemption Podcast. We're here to help white Christians move from questions to change.
1: This is my friend Susan. She brings her whole heart to this conversation. She has a wealth of experience in cross cultural relationships in her own family and in her community. And she marries that with the truth of scripture about race and redemption.
0: And this is my friend Brooke. She has been researching these topics for years within the church, and she's bringing new information that's factual, accurate, and nonpartisan. And that's what the church needs right now. My friend, can Good you believe morning? it? Yes, we are here. It's like our last episode before the summer. Summer's here. We're kind of yeah, summer is here, but we're going to go summer now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as much as we can with everything else going on. Oh my goodness, yes.
1: So, Susan, you've got like a lot of milestones. It's been quite a yeah. spring for us trying yeah. to trying to get together and and have a chance to talk while balancing life. Yeah. Exactly. Graduating my
0: oldest and first one to graduate high school. She actually was valedictorian and got to give her valedictorian speech and is heading off to Washington, D.C. in the fall for college. So we were very proud, but... It's a lot launching a human being. <laughs> I mean, yes. it really is. It's wonderful. And, you know, as our former guest, Catherine Wolf talks about, it's the good and the hard at mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. It is wonderful and heartbreaking mm. and good and hard. And so we're, we've we been living in that place and are still there. And we probably will
1: be for quite some time. And that's okay. Yeah. We're getting a glimpse of that with Morgan, our oldest, getting her driver's license. Yeah. and really not being around very much, Mm -hmm. which is a good thing, I think. But it's an adjustment for sure. That same kind of idea of like
0: what it means to be a part of a community, to Mm -hmm. make a difference, to figure out where God has you and why and who he has around you and this idea of being a part of the change where God has you planted. I mean, I think it's been a theme that many of our guests have hit on Mm -hmm. throughout, but maybe we can glean from their wisdom and add in a few things from our own experiences.
1: Yeah, I've definitely felt this sense of perhaps regret or just longing to be able to be a little more engaged and active as we were perhaps two years ago when Mm -hmm. the world was moving a lot slower with Mm -hmm. COVID and our communities and social energy were focused on certain things, Mm -hmm. right? And now, as always, you're kind of battling the busyness of life and you're like, yeah. nope, trying to hold it at bay. Mm-hmm. But I've been really encouraged that even though, for example, I'm not able to get on social media, like mm-hmm. it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> that there's a lot more change happening in my immediate communities mm-hmm. and I'm really encouraged by that and energized to be a part of mm-hmm. slow but good progress Yeah, in a lot of different areas. Yeah. I think that's the, the key. You
0: know, you and I were talking about this concept earlier and... This is not the type of thing where you're going to make an impact by just doing something every once in a while, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, yes, it's great to go to an event. Yes, it's great to go to a march. Yes, it's great to make a post that you feel passionately about. But, I mean, that's like saying I'm going to go to church on Sunday I never open the word the rest of the week, or I'm going to go to the gym once a week and expect to make gains in strength or health or whatever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. It's Mm -hmm. got to be a steady plotting in the same direction. It's got to be something every day. And really in the end, that comes from a new perspective, a new shift in the way that you're viewing the world. Whether it's, I want to be a really sound biblical Christian, so I'm going to view the world in a way that the scripture informs, so I have to be in the scripture. I want to view the world from a place of health and growth, and so I'm going to be in the gym every day. But When we talk about diversity, are we having a biblical worldview where diversity is a part of that biblical worldview, Mm -hmm. that we see that God knows best for us and He created diversity and that we talk about what heaven's going to be like and we want to bring the kingdom here and that includes every tribe, tongue, and nation. And are we working towards that every day? Mm -hmm. Is every place that we are, every opportunity, it's not we're making everything about race which I think is kind of the negative That's way to look point. at it. Yeah. It's not that. It's mm-hmm. like, no, how how am I bringing the kingdom here? Mm-hmm. You know, how am I pursuing the beauty and the benefit of having diverse opinions
1: and, mm-hmm. uh, and people and perspective in my life where I'm planted? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and being able to put on those glasses in situations where... We might default to what's familiar or easy or comfortable Mm -hmm. taking the time to put on the glasses and say, okay, so what does this look like right now Mm -hmm. for those in my midst or even those who aren't here at this table who might have a very different experience? And am I thinking about what this feels like?
0: Well, and I think there are so many things that are just human that we have in common that... Are not affected by the way we've grown up or our ethnicity or anything like that. But there are things that are truly impacted by those Mm -hmm. things. And so often we're oblivious to them until we're not. And the way Mm -hmm. we become not is by making sure that we're reading, we're listening. We're surrounding ourselves, we're eating with, we're talking with, we're walking with people that don't always look like us or mm-hmm. that have a different background than us. And that's kind of what's helping to inform. Or if there's not someone represented at the table saying, hey, we need to bring a voice in mm-hmm. to see, to mm-hmm. check, to make sure, to, I mean, cause all that's gonna do is add to the beauty right. and the benefit. Right. It's never a threat. You know, I mean, I hear sometimes people complaining and it really almost sounds they're fearful or they're threatened. Mm-hmm. And no, it's an abundance mm-hmm. to have different voices and perspectives to come in. Mm-hmm. It's only going to make whatever you're doing better. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think another reaction that people have is that they think something has to have some huge impact, right, to be valuable. And I think the opposite of that is true. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is about you know, you and I sitting and having a conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's about that daily life. It's the small places. I mean, when we think about our children, like we were talking about earlier, the things they remember mm-hmm. are going to be what we talked about over breakfast every day, the, right. the consistent devotional that we had every morning together, the prayers we had every night at bedtime together. Sure, going on trips are great and things like that, but really what's impacting them are the smaller everyday things. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we've had, a lot of guests that have talked about how God's inspired them to do something based on their own passions. I remember Lecrae in season one talking about what are you excited about? What makes you get up every morning? Like what do you not get tired of doing? Like that's the area when it comes to diversity and racial redemption that you want to work in, Mm -hmm. find what that is. And I mean, I think about Mary Pugh who I think was such a great example of that in her episode about raising culturally astute children. And she was like, I'm a mom and I live in Atlanta. And so I'm going to, over the summer, invite some of my kids' friends to come for a week. And we're going to go visit important areas of the civil rights movement in our city. We're going to listen to different speakers. And she created a
1: little summer camp, mm-hmm. which was I think, profoundly impactful. Hugely impactful. Yeah. At a really important time when students were just beginning to think about their identity. I actually think that's really important as a, as a parent and anyone who works with youth is mm. to recognize that when they move from elementary to middle to high school, that middle school time period mm-hmm. is the time when they're first aware of themselves, like really aware of themselves. Mm-hmm. There's glimpses of it before, but suddenly they're really bound up in like, what's my identity? So then they start looking at people around them as well. Mm-hmm. So that is such a great time to have those conversations and to be hearing from them how they're processing things and maybe mm-hmm. if needing to be correcting, you know, or like moving them in a certain direction, adding to their awareness in different mm-hmm. different places so they can have a more full and beautiful perspective on identity, mm-hmm. right? That it's not just their experience. Yeah. That identity in Christ looks like a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I think so much of that is just about looking around you. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're just looking around them and, and noticing, oh, wow, everybody where I am right now is white. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think having a son that is black has made us all so aware of that. Mm -hmm. And especially because he comes with us, there are moments where we will be somewhere and I'll realize he's the only person of color in this entire room. Mm -hmm. And it took, sometimes I don't always notice it. When I do, it's like, whoa, well, he's obviously been thinking that the entire time. He knew it the second he walked in to the restaurant or walked onto the beach or walked into the meeting room or whatever it is. And I'm not saying that's wrong. When Brian Loritz was with us a couple of weeks ago, he talked about how sometimes you need those moments where you're—what did he call them? Cultural breaks or mm-hmm. something like yeah. that, where you know you're Safe with, <laughs> yeah, yeah, where you're with people that have your same background and ethnicity, and that's okay. Yeah, you know that we're not saying that's a wrong thing. But when I do notice those moments, I'm like, hmm, why? Yeah, you know, I, I sit and try mm-hmm. to think about it. Why? Why is there no one else here? And then I think that's when I start realizing, is it an okay thing or not an okay thing? Mm-hmm. When you start thinking about the motivation of why. And sometimes it's totally fine. And sometimes right. it's like, hmm, actually, it's because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So the next time we come here, I need to do you know A, B, and C, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But I mean, even just acknowledging to him, when I do realize, I'll lean over and go, hey, I realize that you're the only person of color here. How do you feel about Mm -hmm. that? And sometimes he's like, I don't care. It's fine. But there are times that he's like, yeah, I feel uncomfortable, Mm. you know? Okay, well, let's, you want to leave? What what do you need Mm -hmm. in this moment? You know, those are everyday things that we're trying to think of that so often as white people, we don't. Yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I think that those are things that as a mother of, Someone that looks different than me, I, I kind of have like a, a window to peek in, and have had these conversations with a lot of my friends of color. They're like, "Oh yeah, we." The second we walk into a room, we see every person, where, there, yeah, where they are, mm-hmm. what they're doing. We acknowledge each other with our eyes. We and it's funny, you know, we were in the Dominican Republic a couple of months ago. And so many people came up to Amos. So many people came up to Amos. I love your locks. I love this. Who are you here with? You know, and oh. like I, there was this unity. It was this beautiful unity that was happening, camaraderie that was happening cool. that didn't happen with anyone else because they were all people right. of color. You know, yeah. they saw each other and there was a like, I see you. I think as white people, that is another thing that we can just be aware of. It's not always something that we have to acknowledge but to know people notice that yeah and why is there not diversity in Mm -hmm. these spaces Mm -hmm. and maybe that's your office maybe that's your church Mm -hmm. maybe that's where you vacation every year maybe it's your favorite restaurant you know and once you start realizing it's wild it's wild to start walking into spaces and go wow I didn't realize how
1: homogenous yeah.
0: My every day is everywhere I go. Mm, that's really good.
1: You I know? love even just thinking about, yeah, the restaurants that you go to yeah. or where you vacation. That's yeah. super important to me. Mm-hmm. Like those are the easy choices that you make. You're not making a huge commitment, you know? It's like yeah. we can take the time to be out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I was super encouraged a couple of weeks ago. I was at a part of a conference from the ANN campaign and it was predominantly led by Black church leaders In the style of Black worship, Mm -hmm. uh, Black church worship services. And it was wonderful Mm -hmm. to be in that space and to myself be in the minority and experience being out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. a little, but feeling really safe and just enjoying, Mm -hmm. really enjoying it. And I was reminded that I need to make more time to do that. Make Mm -hmm. more time to... Go to a church or go to a restaurant or go to a park or go Mm -hmm. to a something where I'm in the minority and I can experience that. It just changes everything. Mm -hmm. We've talked about comfort and fear as those being big motivators. And when we push ourselves to do those sorts of things, those small actions Mm -hmm. that build up our familiarity, then comfort and fear become less of a barrier. Yes. Because something looks familiar, feels familiar, you know it's not Mm -hmm. awkward, you know it's not dangerous. And so your brain reacts differently the mm-hmm. next time you're in that situation. Mm-hmm. So it's so important to, like like you said, train ourselves, right? Yeah. You have to keep doing it over and over because we forget. So if we do those small mm-hmm. things, it builds up those muscles of saying, hey, I'm not in danger here. I'm not in an awkward position here. This is a great place to be. Yeah. But we have to train our brains to think that way. Well, this hits home
0: to me because we're doing this so much with our 18-year-old. She's getting ready to leave, to go live in a big city, We're looking for opportunities for her to go outside her comfort zone and do something. Like the other night, she went to a concert with her younger sister at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I knew there were several people that got cars for their kids to bring I was like, no, Kylie, you're going to drive there. Mm -hmm. We have a parking pass for you. The roads may be one way you're going to this is how you're going to handle it mm-hmm. you're going to part you're going to walk in you know you never go to the bathroom alone you, i mean we talked through everything with them yeah and she came back so empowered yes. and confident yes and i think it's like you're saying it's moments like that where we we step out yeah into an environment and 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 God is with us, right? Mm, I mean, I think we sure. we are as Christians are living with the beautiful benefit of the Holy Spirit who has gone before us, who we can ask to illuminate our minds and our mm-hmm. hearts to see things. Mm-hmm. We have the beauty of unity through the Spirit wherever we go. Yeah. I think just like we're doing with our 18-year-old, we can do this with ourselves as,
1: as adults. Yeah. And we have to because if we don't, our minds become yeah. really unable to be flexible and mm-hmm. adjust and adapt to new situations. So we yeah. have to keep pushing ourselves. Yeah.
0: And again, like I said before, we have so much more in common. Yeah. than we do oh, for sure. apart, right? For sure. But we do, it's beautiful to also become aware of the differences mm-hmm. and the diversity and, and let that be just a beautiful benefit mm-hmm. of going to these places and being in relationship with people that are maybe
1: a little bit different than you are. Mm-hmm. Have a different experience. Mm-hmm. For me, one of the bigger barriers is economic divide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't find myself often in positions that are I would call equal positions with someone of a very different socioeconomic mm-hmm, background. Mm-hmm. So finding environments and, and opportunities where I can experience sisterhood and brotherhood mm-hmm. with someone of a completely different socioeconomic background and experience and have that relationship in a healthy way is something I have to work hard to yes. to create. But it's important for me as well as for them that we do that. That's so smart and wise because
0: I think so often we talk about diversity, we forget that socioeconomic is a big part of it. And we talk about power.
1: Yeah. And,
0: you know, particularly when it comes to financial resources, there's so much just disparity and power between people that have and do not have. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, I'm we've had Benjamin Wills on here before from Peace Prep Academy. And I love the way that he approaches that school. They are in an under-resourced neighborhood. There has been no school in their neighborhood. There's no grocery store. Talk about lack of resources, right? Mm-hmm. But he's so big on empowering the students to say, you have so much to give. Mm-hmm. And so there's been opportunities where the school that we're involved with has come and spoken with them like, hey, you know, how can our students come and serve? And he's like, actually, I want my students to come and serve your school. Mm-hmm. They have a lot to give. Can mm-hmm. they come to your field day and mm-hmm. and work there? Can they, what, what are things that they can do? Mm-hmm. And when he first started talking that way, I was just like, whoa, mm-hmm. wow. I realized how much I thought we're coming in to help and to save. We have, they don't. Well, no, that's not actually true. They have a lot to give. And so in the after-school programs, one of the things they do is like, our kids will just do homework, their own homework next to the kids Mm. that are doing their homework, right? Right. It makes me think a lot about Catherine and Jay Wolf, who we've also interviewed here. Like they do it, their ministry Hope Heals, where it's about doing life with people that are living with disability. And so we're all just doing all the camp stuff Together, yes, just together, yes. all of it together. We're worshiping together. We're eating together. The kids are playing together. They're doing everything together as peers. And so often we don't have opportunities like that. Yes. You know, what are some ways that you've sought that out and tried to bring that equal footing? Yeah, with uh, people of maybe different resources than you have.
1: Yeah, and a lot of that is maybe putting yourself in that situation. But like you said, just kind of turning the self narrative. Mm-hmm. Is that a is that a word? <laughs> The things we tell ourselves. This spring, our daughter's class had a chance to go to Central America Mm -hmm. on a service trip. And as I looked at the pictures that came in, I was so endeared to see that they were learning construction skills. They had nothing to offer. Like these children do not have those skills. All of the locals do. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how cool if we make this a regular thing and they Mm -hmm. go down there once a year to learn from the people who have these amazing skills. And they have many things that they can offer, just encouragement and friendship and a shared faith Mm because they're working with a lot of ministries that exist there on the ground. But they have appreciated the camaraderie. And my daughter's favorite experience so far has been just going to Young Life camp or like the Mm -hmm. evening service, the local service, and just hanging out with all the teenagers Mm -hmm. and taking selfies together, even though they couldn't communicate. They were peers. Yeah. Right. And so remembering to rethink, we want to do all these wonderful things like going to the Hope Hills camp or, Mm -hmm. you know, and being a part of those, but remembering to rethink the narrative that we give ourselves Mm -hmm. of why we're there. And what we have to learn from those who maybe we see as someone who might need our help. And how do we shift that narrative? Yeah. Those are people who need love and support and encouragement, but we also have a lot to learn and they have a lot to give. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm.
0: Man, that's so smart. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here thinking too about like finding and seeking out people and asking them for input, advice, wisdom. You know, who am I not hearing from? like yeah. what perspectives what voices do i not normally have talking into my life and texting or reaching out and saying hey i really respect you could could you maybe give me some input on this i'm i'm dealing with x and y situation and i know in my own life people around me that have suffered or maybe lived life with less resources they have so much more spiritual depth and wisdom amen <laughs> To offer <laughs> than those that have it, right? Like, so I mean, I think yeah. there are so many things that are valuable outside of money or power or all these worldly things. I mean, when we think about what the yeah. scripture says, what truly is valuable? Yeah. And who are those people that, that I can talk to and learn from to help me understand and see things in
1: a different way yeah. that maybe I haven't? And even more so, those things that we naturally aspire to or long after money and influence and power Mm. are the things that corrupt. And so how do we actually really lean on those who Mm -hmm. are not sucked into that and kind of help reset our own spiritual framework? I think one of the ways that people can start thinking
0: about this is look around in the groups and environments where you are, you know, maybe there's a, a group in your neighborhood that gets together for dinner or you guys all work out together. Maybe you're on a board. Maybe it has to do with like work, different groups or projects that you're in. Maybe it's church. Maybe it's a Sunday school. Yeah, Look around you and, and think about what voices are not represented here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Why are they not represented? Is there someone that we could invite in mm-hmm. to this environment that would help to broaden our understanding and worldview. And I think those are the, some we would call them small, but those are the the areas where God has specifically put you as an individual. And if you're listening to this, obviously something is stirring in you Mm -hmm. to want to learn more. Like tap into that. Like you have an ability to make a difference and a change and a voice to speak up and pull someone in that maybe has not had an opportunity to be in that space before.
1: Yeah. If you just think literally by the numbers, if every single Christian did that in one space, Mm. in one area of their lives consistently, actually our world would completely change.
0: Yeah, it's true. And, And I think I'm thinking about, I know we're talking a lot about episodes. Y'all go back and listen to these, but Brittany West, who we interviewed earlier this season, and she was talking about how in a multi-ethnic church environment, that representation is not just diversity. It's often diversity of thought. That when you have someone that has a different ethnic background, maybe grew up differently than you, they're going to say and do things in a different way. And that sometimes that can be threatening. But instead of seeing that as threatening, It really is just an an awesome way for you to continue to grow and reevaluate and get better and broaden perspectives. And when we invite people in to the spaces where we are, that is always a benefit.
1: Yeah. It's just that, again, habit building of being comfortable in the discomfort. Mm. It's a really good place for us to be. Yeah. So maybe as
0: we're rolling into the summer, you can start asking God to... Just give you eyes to see and ears to hear times and places and spaces that He wants to open your eyes to the need for more diversity or change or ways to invite people into this conversation, to broaden your diversity in your own spheres, whatever it is. And I think when you let it happen naturally, it's the most effective. Yes, we need to be praying and be working towards a goal. But also, it shouldn't be a burden. Right. You know, because then you're not going to want to to keep
1: going. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Not, not to be a to-do list. Although I do love having, not a to-do list, but a great <laughs> book list of things to yeah. read. So I think about my summer reading and mm-hmm. things that I get to read mm-hmm. because it's summer and yeah. I can. When I have a vacation, I, I have a stack full of things yeah. I'm excited to read. So think about your summer book list. And also don't forget Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about a great way to be a part of celebration. Juneteenth is a celebration. Yeah. I love that we have that as a national holiday now, and it gives us an opportunity mm-hmm. to come and experience and see um, yeah. something that's maybe unfamiliar. Yeah. And we get to celebrate that in Atlanta with one race. If you're yes. in Atlanta, it would be great to have you join us. And if you're not, find a local celebration. I guarantee you, some church somewhere in your town has got yes. one. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you for joining us today for the Race and Redemption podcast.
1: Make sure not to miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button on our page wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: And follow us on Instagram at Race and Redemption so you can join the conversation today.
1: This episode was produced by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions.